Good day to you and welcome in. We are glad you're with us. The Bill Michaels Show. We are uh, we are live with the Norwegian Hollow is where you can find us. And we're out here in Viroqua. Got here last night and had a great time. Went down to Kickapoo Creekside. Had some dinner down there last night. And uh, we actually, they, they don't normally open uh, on uh, Tuesday evenings like that. And uh, they opened up because we were coming to town. And I, maybe 40, 50 people were there. And we had a great time. And they actually gave away cash last night, which was awesome. So um, we, we gave away uh, almost 800 bucks last night to one lucky winner. Not that the IRS is listening, but uh, nevertheless, we had a good time. So uh, and the food was absolutely fantastic, as always. And I love my friends down there. And uh, Susan's always a tremendous uh, server, and she always treats us extremely well every time we walk through the door. So we had a great time down there last night. And a good night's sleep. And then uh, back in here today, and again, we are at the Norwegian Hollow uh, just uh, in Viroqua, Wisconsin. So if you're going to be here tonight for the uh, Huddle 6 to 8 tonight, and we're going to be out here on the road uh, again, and uh, they've got uh, music from 5 to 6. So it's going to be kind of a kind of a fun night out here, kind of a jamboree, if you will, if you want to come on out and say hello to us during the Huddle. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Feeling okay today, a little bit better, but uh, still it's moved into my chest and head, and I know I, I sound worse than I feel. Believe me, but uh, nevertheless, it's 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 getting better. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully by Friday, going into next week, going into a Sunday when we go back up to uh, Burkle's one block over to do the post game show, going to be all good. So cross your fingers, cross your fingers. Grant Bills, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Bill. I uh, I sound a little bit better than you. I think probably feel a little bit, but I'm jealous that you're in Viroqua. You got to breathe in some of that driftless air. It'll heal you right up. That yeah, I uh, yeah, I got out this morning. Everything was frosted over. It was cool. It was crisp. It's getting warmer though now that the sun's come out. But uh, and it drove way down here into the uh, in between the hills and just kind of uh, enjoyed some of the outdoor temperatures and then got set up and and uh, got ready for the program today. But yeah, I sound worse than I feel. I mean, it's um like you know the heads the heads heavy, the chest is heavy, but it's not like you know when you're miserable. You're not. I'm not miserable. I, you just it's just there. Whatever this, uh, whatever the crud is, it's just there. So anyway, but that being said, um, that being uh, said, we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, a couple of different things. Um, let's start out first with the Packers and where they're at right now. And the reason I, I bring this up is because Matt LaFleur, after the game the other day and in yesterday's press conference, was asked specifically about Playing off the ball, he talked about, you know, quick outs, quick hitches that turn into big plays, big chunk plays. And he was asked about it specifically to say, you know, is this, you know, playing that far off the ball, is this what that defense was designed to do? He stopped short of throwing what I thought to be, now it could be interpreted in different ways, what I thought to be like Joe Barry uh, under the bus. He stopped short. and then, But, but he didn't elaborate. So it wasn't like either the player was playing too far off the ball or Joe Barry had them playing too far off the ball. But but I'll say this. It sounded like th- whatever the scheme was, he wasn't happy with it. It wasn't just the tackling or the inability to tackle or crashing the edges and allowing, you know, Tommy DeVito to get outside. He sounded like he was not happy with the way that thing was being run. And – we usually see this once or twice a year where things just aren't going 
you know, the Packers' way, defensively speaking, they're giving up chunk plays, they're giving up big yardage, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's this, I, I don't want to say a come-to-Jesus meeting, but basically a uh, a meeting of the minds, if you will, that say, hey, this, this, this isn't working. I don't know if that's happening behind closed doors, but for those that wanted to take that as an indicator that maybe Joe Barry's job is is not as secure as, you know, he might have thought or others would think, I I tend to think the frustration, and it's legitimate frustration, that was levied the other night, whether it was against Joe or whomever was playing off the ball. Uh, I think I think that this game was a blip on the radar, that this team started ascending going back to Pittsburgh. Now, I had said that yesterday, and the reason I bring that up is because I had received a bevy, and usually it's a couple of emails, two or three, you know, that talk about it. But last night there was probably about – 11, 12, maybe 13 emails and a few things over on uh, the Facebook fan page that said, no, 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 this wasn't a blip. This was a reversion. This is who they are. Jordan Love's not that good. His footwork was bad. He's reverted back to being an inaccurate passer. He was floating the football. It wasn't that windy. I mean, on and on and on and on. And so I want to go back to that question. You know, defensively speaking, they didn't play well. It was a bad game for all facets of this team. But I want to know, do you believe, you know, it's kind of like the, the question of will the real Green Bay Packers please stand up? Do you believe that this version we saw on Monday night was the real Packers? Or what we saw, you know, against Pittsburgh, against the Chargers, against the Lions, and against the Chiefs is what we saw. So which one is it? Which one do you believe? And that's why I believe that this game coming up is is important in a lot of different facets. I mean, Baker Mayfield last week, three touchdowns, no picks. Um, you know, the first rushing TD of the season that he had last week. And when you look at them in comparison, the Packers' defense and Tampa Bay's offense about on par. They average 20.2 points a game. The Packers give up 20.5 points a game, which is still good, but not back into the top ten. But the Packers are giving up 342 yards a game. A game. And you can't ignore that. The Packers are giving up a league. It, it's, it's the 31st ranked defense rushing-wise in the league at 141.9 yards per game, almost 142 yards a game. And, and you know, now the, the scoring offense of the Packers and the defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this game is going to come down to two things. It's going to come down to turnovers, and it's going to come down to the Packers' ability to put pressure on Baker Mayfield, not necessarily to have a great day out of Jordan Love, but to put pressure on Baker Mayfield, maybe to get a turnover or two, because when you look at the numbers, these two teams are really evenly matched. They really are. Now, some of the numbers for Tampa Bay skewed from the beginning of the season, but these two teams are incredibly evenly matched, and the fact that you're not going to have you know, a lot of guys like, you know, Christian Watson, you're not going to have on the field. You pr- pretty much can guarantee that. A questionable Aaron Jones. I mean, with all the injuries the Packers have, this may be one of the least talented squads going out there that the Packers have put on the field in a long time, going back to Jeff Janis and Jared Aberderis. I mean, when it comes to what they have available. So th- this is by no means an easy game, but this is going to be a game that's going to be defensively driven coming up do you agree with that grant baker mayfield will play really well if you let him yeah Yeah. 
So I like like Baker Mayfield is not going to beat himself. And Joe Barry and the the Packers defense, right? They kind of take a passive approach sometimes, and sometimes that works. But if you sit back and allow Baker Mayfield to beat you, he absolutely can. So yes, I, I think this is a great test for Joe Barry's defense after what happened Monday night. Totally, yes. Yeah, I I, I do too. And uh, you know, again. Most of the workload's going to be on A.J. Dillon in this one. Probably no Christian Watson coming up in this one. It's going to be questionable with Aaron Jones as to whether or not he's back, as I mentioned. You've got other guys that are banged up now, and we're waiting for the uh, – we'll, we'll get the, uh, the the injury report coming out a little bit later on today. But, you know, who knows? Who knows what, what, what what's actually going to be available for this Packers team? And that's why I said, I, I you know, as much as we're going to be looking at Jordan Love – and in evaluating him uh, and to see which Jordan Love is going to show up, I think this is going to come down to defense. So we got that to talk about. And then Draymond Green, you got to talk about it. Uh, you know, look, Golden State it has a losing record when he's not on the floor. And I understand that. But at what point does this guy just go away for a long time? At what I, I, I was watching this morning as I was getting ready in the in the room. You know, I was watching um, uh, Get Up this morning, and everybody was talking about it. And whether it's former NBA players or NFL players, everybody's got an opinion. The Players Union, the Players Association, has to protect the, the, the penalty. Not necessarily the player, but the penalty. They don't want what they consider to be a flailing elbow to draw a 20-game suspension because the next guy that does it inadvertently – could end up with a big-time suspension. They can say it was just as flagrant and just as bad, and this is what Draymond Green got. I understand that. But I think there's a Draymond Green multiplier here that this guy just doesn't care. He, he's proven time and again he just doesn't care. He doesn't make apologies for his actions. He doesn't make apologies for the people he hurts, although last night he did say it because he knew he, knew he was busted. He knew that what he did – he knew it the minute he did it. And that he took a guy down, and th- there's only so many guys that are going to tolerate that in the in the NBA now, because now you're just that flat out ready to punch people, choke people, and take them down and hurt them. And the one thing the players' association will do is protect the sanctity of the suspension, but they've got to protect the sanctity of their players. Other players are going if, if they don't suspend this guy for a long period of time. First of all, Adam Silver is going to look incredibly weak. He already did during his last suspension or lack thereof. And if they don't do something this time, the next time something like this happens, it, it's going to be an all-out attack. And you're going to you're, you're building up to like another melee, and this time it'll be Draymond Green in the middle of it, where guys are just going to be wailing on him. Because if the league's not going to protect them from him, they'll protect them from him. They'll protect themselves from him. It, it, this has gotten like to be a joke, and his explanation was garbage. He's a liar. We all know it. Um, but, but if Adam Silver doesn't do something about this guy, it's it will be beyond belief to me, and I'm talking multiple games, not just ten. I'm talking fifteen, twenty game suspension. They gave him, how many did they give him last time? Five for the chokehold. Was it five games? Yeah, that he was I, coming off of. I can't remember what it was for the chokehold, but last night he's in his press conference saying he didn't mean to hit the guy. Like I'll have the audio, we can listen to it up next. But he's you can't really talk your way out of a chokehold. He's trying to talk his way out of this one. Yeah, he's trying to say that he was just trying to kind of make a spin move to get off the defense. And really, the defense wasn't that bad. You know, he had the hand in the back, and they, they were kind of checking each other. But that goes on all the time. There was nothing egregious about the defense 
that Draymond Green had to fly, you know, kind of flail wildly his arm and elbow. And I mean, he knew exactly what he was doing. He, you know, because here's the problem: if you square up on a guy and you hit him, they see it coming. When you flail around and you you sucker punch a guy the way he did last night, you can't do that. It, you know, if the NBA doesn't just slam him to the tune of 20 games, and then you're going to see the Players Association appeal it, and they better meet somewhere in the middle to the tune of about 15 games at least. And I, at this point, I really, honestly, I don't care about the Golden State Warriors as a whole. They're the ones that signed him. They're the ones that allowed him to punch Jordan Poole in the face and then didn't really do much about it. Steve Kerr is ballless. The organization is ballless. And we're going to find out if Adam Silver has any balls at all. And if, if they give him another five to seven game suspension or eight game suspension, it, it's then it's going to be proof that the NBA cares more about the wins of a particular franchise than they do about pr- protecting their own players. And it's all garbage at that point. And, and I'll lose a lot of respect for the NBA. Uh, let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got some Brewers stuff to talk about as well. we got a lot going on today, broadcasting live out here in Viroqua. We're at the Norwegian Hollow. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Oh, I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now, pay later. (laughs) Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show room for details. Offer ends 12-31-2023. sometimes I get a good feeling. Yeah. Welcome back to the program. Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We are live. We are in Barocco, Wisconsin. We are here at the Norwegian Hollow and glad to be here. It's uh, It's been a while since we've been back. And we got, uh, I was told last night, we have the golf outing again this year, uh, which is coming up in May. So uh, out here at the Barocco Hills Golf Course. And uh, last year, Ben Kenny played in that. Uh, so, Grant, I got to ask you, are you, uh, are you capable of throwing around some golf clubs? I'm ca- <laughs> I'm capable of hitting a ball. Yes, it's not going to look good. It's not going to resemble golf, but I can get out there and smooch and you know enjoy the course right. and talk to people and hit some balls. Yeah. Well, we're uh, we're going to do that again this year. So uh, this year you'll have to uh, take Ben Kenny's place. Hey, I would come get a colonoscopy in Viroqua if it meant that I get to go to Viroqua. Like I will go to Viroqua for any reason whatsoever. So I can oh, okay. 100% play golf. Well, I. We'll have to find a doctor, but all right, you know we we can do that. <laughs> so, Any excuse to go to Viroqua, I'm there. All right, 
come to get a colonoscopy in, in Viroqua. All right. That's that's better than the key to the city. So Ernie will give you one. He's got uh, he's got he's got gloves. He said. Oh no, so, the old hunter's gloves. You know the neons, but you know he's good. So um, anyway, uh, a couple of things. Uh, we were talking about uh, the the Packers before Dream on Green before. We got some baseball chatter coming up a little bit later on today. A lot of rumors floating around about Corbin Burns, how the Packers, or excuse me, how the Brewers are not shopping him. However, they uh, they are taking phone calls. It's not as if they're actively shopping him. I I still can't figure out what exactly it is. They're going to do with Corbin Burns, but we're going to talk with uh, Chuck Freeman coming up later on today in the program and get his take on it from the Locked On Brewers podcast. But he's a year away from reaching the open market and, uh, you know, uh, one of the most compelling names out there uh, when it comes to whether or not he could be moved and what they could get for him in return. But there there are clubs that uh, are of the impression that there's a legitimate chance Burns ultimately could be moved, even though the Brewers – haven't specifically stated they want to move him. I think if the right deal comes along, you can't say no, obviously. And knowing what you're going to get for him uh, versus what, you know, if you keep him and then he goes, um, then you don't basically get anything for him. But if the Brewers are shopping him at all, Matt Arnold is not in any way, shape, or form tipping his hand right now, uh, whether it's public comments or anything. And Scott Boris, the agent, um, you know, he uh, said – you know, at the winter meetings that everything he's heard from Milwaukee is that they're putting together a competitive team to win the division this coming year. And and Scott Boris also said the Brewers haven't approached him about a long-term extension, but it seems that, you know, they have also not given any signal that he could be traded. So it's like what ultimately is going to happen with Corbin Burns. Now, remember, they got into a bit of a contentious uh, back and forth during arbitration, so I can't imagine that Corbin Burns is, you know, going to give him a hometown discount after the $700,000 uh, ended up, you know, going into the favor of the Milwaukee Brewers. But you got to figure at some point they're going to have to, you know, S or get off the pot. And then you got Willie Adamas and, you know, uh, there's a package that as far as maybe, you know, sending him off to the Dodgers and, you know, there's all kinds of other things, you know, that uh, people are talking about. And the Dodgers are just buying up players like crazy. How much money do the Dodgers have in payroll going into next year? Do you know off the top of your head? Well, it's going to be a little misleading because it's going to be very little next year and, and for the next couple of years to Otani. Um, I'll pull up the payroll right now, and we don't fully know because we haven't gone through arbitration yet, which will make the numbers right. a little different. Um, but they're in on Yamamoto. It, it, we learned last night they're trying to trade for Tyler Glass now. So that, that number, whatever it is now, it's going to go up even though they aren't paying right. Otani anything. Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers uh, right now, their projected payroll, let me do this. Their projected payroll is $160 million right now, projected payroll. And that's not including some of the other guys that they have to throw in there. Uh, Otani's only I, – I think this year the adjusted salary for this year is going to be what? I think the base salary is seven, but the adjusted salary is like seventy. But the the base is like two million or something like that. And there's a luxury tax thing there, and something. Does, I, I don't. I don't know. I think it's seventy million. That's the payroll salary, but the adjusted salary is like two million. Yeah, I, I don't they know have how they're two million two, per year over the course of this contract, and then it'll be sixty-eight per next year they've deferred that to the next decade after he's gone or he's re-signed or whatever right right so it's 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 kind of a quirky deal the way they did it but the bottom line is he still gets you know all that money 
But when you talk about the actual uh, the luxury tax via the payroll, their projected payroll could be well over $218 million for the projected tax allocations by the time it's all said and done, which would put them up over $300 million. And, you know, again, this is where you get a problem with Major League Baseball because you're thinking to yourself, okay, remember last year the New York Mets were well over $300 million, and then they tore it down. They didn't win. The Phillies were there, but they didn't win. The Yankees were there, but they didn't win. The Braves didn't win. You know, so when you get into all of this, those top payrolls, they didn't win. So baseball has the ability to easily say, look, you can't just buy a championship. But the Mets, while they stunk, they're still able to kind of cut their losses and do it all over again. The Brewers, however, are a team that right now ranks 26th going in the season. The Brewers have $61 million on the books, 61.6, as opposed to the Mets at 224.7. There's still a vast, vast disparity between the two in the ability for a team like the Brewers to pay a player and not be able to cut their losses. Where the Mets, they're like, ah, okay, no, no big deal. We'll throw out that 30, 40 million bucks, 50 million bucks. Oh, if it doesn't work out, no big deal. We can do it again. Phillies, the same thing. The Yankees, the same thing. The Braves, the same thing. The, that's, that's where the disparity becomes so large is the Brewers can't do that. Once, once a deal goes bad, it's you eat it, you sit on it, and you hope and pray. And you start trying to find guys that, you know, are kind of like the lightning in a bottle that you can just – maybe re, get a retread or somebody that you get on a, a limited basis for a few million bucks that, you know, reestablishes their career. And then once they do, they're going to go on and make more money elsewhere, you know, and that's the difference. But baseball has got a massive – for what the, what, what the Dodgers are doing, it's a massive disparity. Now, like I said, going into next year, the, the Dodgers look relatively low, you know, almost middle of the pack. But we all know the money the Dodgers have spent. And it's it's all sitting there waiting in the wings. So, you know, it's it, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that coming up later on today. But, you know, man, that's uh, it's just such a large disparity when it comes to Major League Baseball and the teams that can talk to certain free agents and the other teams that just simply can't even begin to think about talking to certain free agents. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You want to hit us up? Feel free. Go ahead and do so again. Eight seven seven eight six seven. 1670 would love to hear from you and uh, i got this one from uh from yankee mike yankee mike says uh at what point does joe barry go uh, do they fire him during the season or do they fire him after the season and did i read right that he does not have a contract after this year first of all yes you did uh his contract is up at the end of the season and i would assume at this point unless something dramatically changes that he will not be back um and even going back to when the scoring defense was good and and we were talking about that, even going back to that, you got to assume when you start to look statistically and say, look, what is the ceiling for this team? What is the ceiling for the Green Bay Packers for the defense? And with all the talent that they've acquired, with all the draft choices and, and all the draft capital they've put into that, the free agent capital they've put into that, you got to assume, you got to assume that at some point, that you have to realize how good this team actually can be, and you're never going to do that. You're never going to find out how good this team actually can be under Joe Barry, you know. Uh, And there's a lot of offshoot, you know, magazine articles and a lot of different articles that have been written about, 
you know, Joe Barry in the situation. And, I, I, you know, I mean, there's one called A to Z Sports that I was reading, and they talk about, uh, you know, Dan Orlovsky ripping Joe Barry for the lack of second-half adjustments. He said, for me, that was a big deal. I mean, they couldn't cover Wondell Robinson at all. He made a bunch of big plays. First half saw a ton of quarterback runs. Some of them were designed. Some of them were just using his legs, talking about Tommy DeVito. Okay, so I give him a little grace in the first half. But it kept going in the second half. That was There was never an adjustment designed to stop the run. There was never a spy that was delegated towards him. They didn't have a plan for Brian Dable's zone read plan. I was shocked by how little the adjustment actually happened from Green Bay's defense when it came to, and it was very clear Tommy DeVito was going to use his legs in any situation. They never did anything to try and counter, and that's from Dan Orlovsky. And a lot of people are saying the same thing. It's like, was he just asleep at the wheel? Did he just not see what everybody else saw? Or is he so obstinate to say, no, this is my defense and the, the guys aren't running it, so I'm not going to make an adjustment? I, I, I just I, – you, you just don't know. And there's a thought that the defensive mindset of Joe Barry is is holding this team back because this team has the ability. And this goes back to the frustration – you saw from Rasul Douglas before he got traded away. You've heard from Jair Alexander before when he talks about coverages. And, you know, let us do what we're meant to do. We heard it from Preston Smith a year ago when he talked a little bit about it. He doesn't say too much when he talked a little bit about it. We've heard this before from inside that locker room that, you know, it's like, what, what are we doing? You know, why aren't you letting us, like, taking the leash off, so to speak, as if this bend but don't break death by a thousand cuts defense is the end-all be-all, and it's not. So – a lot of things to talk about in that sense. Also, I want you to hear again Matt LaFleur from yesterday. It was late in the day when we got it. If you didn't get a chance to hear it, I want you to hear it. We're going to have Matt LaFleur and talking to the media yesterday about a lot of this stuff, philosophically speaking, when we come back. Again, broadcasting live out here at the Norwegian Hollow. We are in Viroqua, Wisconsin, 6 to 8 tonight. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle. We're going to be here. Hopefully you are as well. Going to go ahead and take a quick break this portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends over there, J&L Tire and Service Center, J&L Tire in Watertown and in Johnson Creek. You can see it right off of 94 in Johnson Creek. A great place, great people. They do a ton of stuff for charity. I just saw Lyle the other day, and he was doing a ton of stuff for underprivileged kids in their, in their community, buying toys, pajamas, clothes, other things for them to have a very Merry Christmas. That's the reason you should support, support a tremendous company like J&L Tire. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hear that? It's the sound of a winning December at Potawatomi. Play with your club card December 7th, 14th, and 21st. The more you play, the bigger your share of 400000 in reindeer rewards. And like a classic Midwest winter, the winds can really pile up. Dash to Potawatomi Casino Hotel, Milwaukee for your reindeer rewards. 400 grand worth. Learn more at paysbig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Welcome back to the program. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We are uh, we are live. We're out here at the Norwegian Hollow in Viroqua, Wisconsin. Good to have you on board. 
Let's do this. Let's uh, take a listen to what Matt LaFleur had to say. Matt LaFleur uh, at the podium yesterday, but talked a lot about some of the issues in game that came up that ended up costing the Green Bay Packers that game on Monday night. Take a listen to what Matt LaFleur had to say. I'm doing. Uh, how did uh, Jaden and Dontavia come out of that game? We're still kind of getting all the information. We got in at, I want to say, 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, guys are still going through evaluation, testing, and so I really don't have any updates. I'll have some more for you tomorrow. I know it's a little early, but is there some concern just to, that you might be really limited playmaker-wise from that perspective? I mean, maybe we'll get some good news tomorrow, but we're going to do game play. Oh, absolutely. I think anytime you have more guys that continue to go out, um, certainly it, it puts some stress on you, but um, it's also an opportunity for other guys. And we got other guys in that locker room that are, you know, just would jump at the chance to be able to get on the uh, out on the field and uh, contribute. Hey Matt, when you know things were kind of rolling for you guys, and you, you you warned us not to, you know, kind of get ahead of ourselves here. You're a six and six, five hundred football team. So you get done with your press conference in New York. What's the what do you go through there? Because you were obviously not very pleased with the way you guys played. You weren't happy with yourself or your team. So what's your kind of process to getting to where you're standing? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you take a long, hard look at the, the film, and that was a tough watch in every phase. Um, and you try to make the, the necessary adjustments and corrections, and you got to learn from it. So, And then you move on, and it's a quick turnaround. Um, we did get a head start uh, having that additional day last week on Tampa, so that, that helps out a little bit. But ultimately, uh, so we're just in here grinding Tampa Tampa tape and, um, you know, moving on. So you're watching the, fl the film on the flight back? Absolutely, yeah. So I'm curious, when you look at the final defensive series, what do you see that you didn't see in real time, and what do you kind of wish you guys had done differently? Well, I mean, you wish you would have stopped them. Um, it, you know, like the first couple plays, they hit two checkdowns. You know, you, you, you're, you're fine with that. And then we're playing, Joe called man coverage, and we're playing way off, which we shouldn't be in that situation. We called another man coverage. That's when we got beat on that, that seven cut. We just got to be better with our eyes. And you can't be peeking in the backfield. and. You got to keep your eyes on your work, and uh, unfortunately, we didn't, and we got gashed. That ultimately uh, did us in. Were the corners playing off by their own choice, or just was that the call? Um, that is something that we're going to have to get corrected, Bill. So uh, that is, we we if we're calling man, we got to be we got to be tighter. I'm assuming the answer here is going to be yes, but you're obviously you're playing big games um, and your kickers missed a few. Um, are you firmly committed to him down the stretch? Absolutely. I think, you know, it's he, he's, a, he's a young kicker that obviously is, um, you got to find consistency in your game. And I, I will say this, um, you know, you miss a field goal, and you come back and you hit one in another critical situation that I want to say was three, year, three yards further. Um, 
and you know he hits it right down the pipe. So uh, he's certainly capable. It's just finding that consistent approach, whatever it may be, for him to be able to go out there and consistently execute. And I, I just, you know, obviously those those missed, whether it's PATs or missed field goals, everything gets magnified when you lose every phase. So that's kind of where we're at. Aggression is the right word after the way you've been playing, but what surprised you most about just the inability to, to execute as you would have liked? What phase are we talking about? Take your pick, I guess, because you mentioned all three last night weren't uh, quite up to snuff. Yeah, we, there was mistakes in every, in every fa phase. Um, you know, we had a turnover on punt return. Um, that w You muff a punt, you got to just stay down, cover it up. Uh, we had a couple penalties, although the one I, we got to get clarification on from uh, the Anthony Johnson clip. I, I mean, I don't know. I, we just got to get clarif clarification from the league so we can coach that better. Certainly, we never want our players to uh, commit a penalty or coach them to commit penalties. Um, but I thought that was a tough one. Um, and then the other one, you know, it was we, we miss hit the punt and Rudy is flying down there and it looked like I mean he's trying to push his man into the returner and the returner I don't think he saw him because I've never seen a returner fly that fast. He almost hit Rudy. So and I know he's got the right of way. It was one of those just freak plays that you know, uh, certainly there was no malicious intent there by Rudy. Um so it's just one of those things that happen, unfortunately. And then I thought, um, when you look at our defense, I know, thought for the most part, you gotta be careful how this gets phrased or comes out. For the most part, um, in terms of run efficiency, and when Saquon was back there, we did a good job. The problem was we gave up four just brutal runs that was that accounted for over 100 I want to say 109 yards where we had missed tackles, missed assignments and you can't have that. The one obviously didn't hurt us as bad because Saquon fumbled on the play the 34 yarder, but we still missed two tackles right in the hole right there or the first one was right in the hole and he got and then he made um sad miss down the sidelines. Um and then we just Couple of those zone reads, you know, we got you need eleven guys on the same page, and if one guy's got dive responsibilities, let him take the dive. The other guy uh, has the quarterback, um, and you got to give them credit. They, there was a couple that they schemed up that they did a nice job, and you know, uh, you just got to limit those when they are an open field. Uh, you know, the one went for like where. Um, DeVito pulled it and went for 26 yards down to the one-yard line. We just got to get them down, and maybe it's a seven, eight-yard gain instead it's a 26-yard gain. So, um, you know, you just – that's going to happen. The teams are going to get plays on you. You just can't make a bad play worse by whether it's missing a tackle or missing an assignment. And we had a couple of those that really, really hurt us in the game. So – and then offensively, I, I think, you know, there was a couple things that where we messed up in protection that 
are inexcusable, um, quite frankly, just not IDing the structures. And that's a credit to Wink and that defense in terms of just all the different looks that they present to you. You got to be on, on top of it at all times. Um, they present a lot of different looks and it causes confusion. And there were a couple situations where it really hurt us where we had opportunities to get maybe some chunk plays that it didn't happen. Um, and then just being able to throw and catch. There was certainly some, some throws I know Jordan would like to have back. Um, I did think he did a nice job down the stretch, you know, despite how the game had been going, to show the resiliency to bring us down um, and create some, I mean, I thought specifically the last drive, he did a really nice job um, making some tough throws that some we made the plays and some we didn't. So, um, but all in all, it's just, you know, every phase contributed. We had two turnovers on offense, you can't have them. So when you do that and you have three turnovers in a football game, probably not gonna win the game. When there's all that that you're looking at and you're on a short week, like how how do you prioritize what to work on with the guys? You know, when there just isn't as much time to, to maybe go over all that. I mean, no, you absolutely, you absolutely go over everything. Um, you got to get some of the stuff cleaned up, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, the the big ones are just some of the unforced errors, and we're going to have another great challenge in front of us. You know, in, in all three phases again against a, a Tampa team that went into Atlanta and found a way to to um, come away with a, a last second victory as well. So um, yeah, you gotta you gotta clean up your mistakes, but ultimately you, you gotta learn from every situation that you're in, both positively and when unfortunately when you lose. And uh, otherwise, you know, I don't know what we're doing. If, if we're not learning from, from those situations. You mentioned you, your guys had some flybys, Russian DeVito last night. I mean, to go up against a team that's given, I, I know they're doing their best, but they, to give up 69 sacks and for you guys not to get a single one, how do you explain that? Yeah, it's disappointing. Um, there was a couple where you, you just got to, again, it comes down to getting 11 guys on the same page and everybody doing their, their 111th as I always like to say, and um, when that doesn't happen, bad stuff happens, and it's unfortunate. And, you know, I, I thought, like, for the most part, uh, a lot of times it looked like when he was dropping back, if it wasn't there, he was, he was trying to find an exit angle, and he found him. So credit to him and his ability to, to, to do that, and um, obviously his legs really hurt us in the game. Did you see, and offensively, did you see something – that you thought maybe you guys would be able to have success on the edge with some of the jet sweeps and stuff? And, and did they do a good job of, because it worked early, did they do a good job of kind of figuring it out and making you go to a counter move? Or what did you think of that aspect? No, there, I mean, there was, it's, it's, there's going to be plays that work and that some that don't. And um, some of the jet sweeps, I think we got to be a little bit more, there's, in some of those plays, there's an option for the handoff or you flip the ball or hand the ball off to the receiver. Obviously, it worked in the first drive, uh, first play of the game. We got five yards. Um, it, it always comes down to how wide is that end. A lot of the times, what 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 is the structure behind it? 
you know, and I think we got to be a little bit more picky when we do that. Um, and then, you know, we, we open up the second half with a reverse, get 20 yards. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, the two-point play. I mean, we missed two blocks at the point of attack, and that's why I keep going back to the execution. I'm not trying to sit here and say that we couldn't have called some better things. I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm as much as fault as anybody, if not at more fault than anybody. I'm responsible for everything that happens. And, but at the same time, when we have opportunity, we have to execute. And we miss a block at the point of attack, two blocks at the point of attack. And if you get those, I think he's walking in untouched. So I always got to look at the process. And sometimes the results are not favorable. And you just got to live with them. And then you sit here answering questions. And I, I get it. And that's just part of the gig. How's uh, Tucker Kraft kind of gone from just a guy trying to figure things out to a guy helping you well? Yeah, Tucker, I think if you look just through the course of the season, you could argue he's as improved as anybody. Um, you know, he's, he's consistently making plays, and he's doing a good job. Not only, uh, you know, you see it, his, the production in the passing game, but I think the run game has gotten so much better. I think his contributions on teams, has, he's significantly improved. Um, and he's got to keep, you know, keep on that track. And it, it's not a shock to me. I mean, the guy shows up every day, and he, he, he does a great job in practice. He's developing really good habits. And I think that's when you see improvement. There you go. That's Matt LaFleur talking to the media yesterday. Good stuff. And uh, talked to specifically about defensive uh, you know, alignments, adjustments, and such. Didn't throw anybody under the bus. But uh, he certainly alluded to uh, the unhappiness that he's feeling right now regarding the defense. There is a dare to dream moment if you're a Packers fan. A dare to dream moment. I'll tell you what that is when we come back. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, ho, ho. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella, no. Pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 12-31-2023. Welcome back. Glad to have you. You got uh, the Bill Michael Show. We are live. We're at the Norwegian Hollow. Thank you. Enjoy the day down here. We're down here tonight, too, 6 to 8 tonight. The Bill Michael Suttle will be live from the Norwegian Hollow. So come on out. We're here in Barocco, Wisconsin. 
This portion of the program brought to you by our friends down there at Nice Ash, theniceash.com. That's theniceash.com. And uh, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. And if you're heading to Waukesha, maybe to do a little Christmas shopping, you want to take a load off, stop in and enjoy yourself, whether it's with a bourbon, a whiskey, something hot as well, if you're a little under the weather, as my voice is, or uh, you just want to sit back, relax, and watch a game, whatever it happens to be, that's theniceash.com, theniceash.com. 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha, Wisconsin. So, uh, obviously, I, I'm sure it's made the rounds, but uh, coming out of uh, coming out of New England, you've heard now that there is the mindset that Bill Belichick could be, would most likely be gone at the end of the season. Uh, Ryan Young, who's a staff writer over at Yahoo, says that uh, NBC's Boston's Tom Curran says that according to uh, sources, the Patriots have already made the decision to move on from Bill Belichick. The Patriots go down to Indianapolis in Germany going back on November 12th. That's when when they came out of Germany. Conversations they had last week made it very clear that the decision was already made and they were going to uh, play out the string and go the end of the year and then make the move and fire Bill Belichick in the offseason. The question then becomes, what does he do? Do you dare to dream, as uh, our guy Andy Herman put up? Bill Belichick going to make a hell of a defensive coordinator next year in Green Bay? Do you dare to dream that you get the uh, defensive mastermind? I don't think it would happen, and I'll tell you why when we come back. But uh, apparently the decision has been made to uh, part ways with Bill Belichick in New England. Now what? Stay tuned. One hour down, three yet to go. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show live out here in Viroqua. Stick around. We'll be back right after this.